Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Flames. The Flames remain undefeated as they completed a comeback against the Vegas Golden Knights. And is there something to worry about with Jonathan Huberdeau not scoring three games into the season? All that and more on today's episode of Lockdown Flames. Your Lockdown Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto of On The Forecheck, Director of Communications for the PHFPA, and so much more. Thank you for joining me in another episode. I'm so excited to be here and to have you here. If you haven't already, make sure that you're subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube as well. Oh, it looks like Patrice Bergeron took a little spill there. If you're watching on YouTube, put him back up. That way you can see his lovely face. But thank you again for uh, tuning into Locked on Flames. I greatly appreciate it. Let's talk about last night's game. How how sweet is it to put another two points in the win column and remain undefeated, especially after falling behind 2-0 early on, having a goal overturned uh, by a ridiculous challenge, and of course, just beating Vegas always tastes so good. But like I mentioned... They fell behind early, and it was a looked a little looked a little bleak there to start. But uh, Elias Lindholm, his first goal was waved off, and then of course you have the uh, Bruce Cassidy challenging for goaltender interference, which I don't think like yes, it was goaltender interference, but it's because the Flames player was pushed by a a Golden Knight, so. No, it's and when you calculate the push in there, you don't get goaltender interference. But I always uh, forget how hard it is to play against Bruce Cassidy because you know you don't have to see him much when he's on the East Coast and you only play him once a year. But now he's coaching in your division, so this was a great way uh, to kind of test the waters and see what's there for the season. But for Elias Lindholm, it was uh, second time's the charm, I guess. He found the back of the net and cut the lead in half. And then you have Ty Lertofoli scoring the second goal and nodding it up at two apiece. I take back what I said about my concerns for him on the top line. I think that thus far he has proved to be a very solid top right winger I think that we have seen uh you know again and this is only a small sample size so I don't think it's going to be you know I I hope we don't come back at game 65 and use this against me (laughs) but I do think that he is having a very strong start to the season I like that he is shooting the puck more I like that he is completing passes with players like Jonathan Huberto and Elias Lindholm. And I, I just, I'm just, I'm eating crow. I apologize, Tyler, to Foley. The least you could do is post more pictures of Dodger 
That's all I ask. And of course, it was Michael Backlund who had the go-ahead goal, and that was a wrap on offense. That's three unanswered goals from from our Calgary Flames. You know what? On home ice against Vegas, completing the comeback against a new coach, against a very talented team, against Jack Eichel. You love to see it. And of course, Huberto was out there just looking great as well. We're going to talk more about him going scoreless through three games, but I I really like what we're seeing from him in terms of his passing, in terms of his playmaking. That's that's why he was brought here. Well, I guess really when you're brought here in a trade, you don't really have a, a, a reason, but that's why he makes this team a stronger team. And of course, you know, I do have to give some stick taps to the penalty kill that stood strong on four opportunities. You know, I think when you are down a man against any team, it is a little bit hard. (laughs) You obviously don't have the advantage there. But to stand strong against, you know, have 100% uh, penalty kill against a team like Vegas is very great to see. Bruce Cassidy's teams do tend to struggle under uh, you know, on special teams, more so the power play. So I guess old habits die hard there. But coming up next, we are going to discuss Jonathan Huberto going scoreless through three games and the conversation surrounding that and why I don't think it's that big of a deal. But first, we are going to talk about Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for online betting this football season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you all for tuning in to Lockdown Flames. We are starting the season off strong. I greatly appreciate you guys tuning in, downloading the show, leaving your reviews, leaving your comments on YouTube. And of course, if you feel so inclined, follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. I don't think that this is like a conversation that's being had, but you know, it probably is on some corner of the internet. It is probably a Facebook group because I feel like this is where these conversations start um, and get out of control. But Jonathan Huberto hasn't scored. It's been three games and he hasn't scored. Do I think that this is a problem? No. Do I think that this is just something that happens? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Last year, I ended up looking it up because I was very, very curious, you know, if he, like, how he started his season last year. And it took him, oh, this is a brutal number, five games to score a goal. And he didn't score just one goal in that game. He scored two. So, you know, I think that this is, just something that happens. This is natural. You know, I think he is a strong playmaker. And yes, he'll score goals. But 
last season he made history with the most assists uh, from a left winger in the history of like the NHL. So I, I do think that there's that. I think that part of the quote-unquote problem may be that there's always going to be pressure around the new guy scoring. But again, there's 78 games left. I don't think we need to, you know, start freaking ourselves out, talking about how this contract is going to age like milk and how just like the sun is going to explode because Jonathan Huberdeau doesn't have a goal per game. Um, You know, he's not scoring empty netters like Matthew Kachuk is in Florida. I mean, he has scored other empty, yeah, you know. But, like, (laughs) you can't – I have seen Florida fans say that, oh, Matthew – or the the Panthers won the trade because their guy has more goals. I don't think that's how this works. I I do think that, of course, I – I don't know. I just, I think that this is just something silly to start panicking, quote unquote panicking, or to start a dialogue around, which is exactly what I'm doing, like to feed into it. But, you know, I don't think you can sit here and say that the Panthers have won the trade, number one, after three games. I do think that the Flames won the trade, though, because they were able to lock up Huberto and Wegar, uh, <laughs> both for long-term deals. And I think that they ended up uh, getting a heck of a deal for Mackenzie Wegar. And I'm, I'm not convinced that this is a problem. Again, we play Buffalo on Thursday, which is tomorrow. So <laughs> it'll happen when it happens. And, you know, did I think it was going to happen against Vegas, considering it was like an AHL goaltender net. Yeah, of course. But I don't think it's anything to be overly concerned about. I don't think that we need to like put a ton of stock into it. Uh, You know, if we start hitting double digits, then maybe we start uh, revisiting this conversation. But until then, just let it be like the Beatles said, let it be. And that's exactly the song the Flames play when there is uh, a coach's challenge from their opponent. So I do think that Huberto, you know, while he isn't providing offensive uh, security, I do think that he does offer a lot more than that. And again, that is why he is such a main player in this on this team, in this organization, and will be for a very long time. I also saw Mike uh, Gold tweet that um, oh, what was, it was. It just hit me today that uh, Nazem Kadri is the player that Flames fans always wanted Sam Bennett to be. And I know that, like, we're just pivoting here uh, for a second, but I do think that's such like an interesting, um, you know, takeaway because I think that. Flames fan, I completely for okay, that sounds so bad saying that I completely forgot about Sam Bennett, but I did because it's not like the Flames got any big assets in return. They got a prospect in a second round pick 
both have been traded away. But, you know, I think that the Flames fans always had this high expectation for Sam Bennett, and he could never meet that under or in the Flames organization. Do I think things may have been different under Daryl Sutter? Maybe. I don't know. We don't need to sweat about it. It's, you know, no, no dirt off our backs. And, um, you know, he's reunited with Matthew Kachuk in Florida. Florida is having a rough time as well as Aaron Ekblad is already on the LTIR. So there's that. There's their, uh, their defense was already kind of squandering. Is that the word I'm looking for? <laughs> and um, yeah, so we, we do have good things in Calgary. Things look great so far, even if Jonathan Huberto hasn't scored. But coming up next, we are going to talk about uh, some practice and some new defensive pairings as we roll into our Wednesday morning skate. Well, everyone, if you are still tuning in, hello, I appreciate you. And make sure that you're subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you tune in to, of course, you know, Locked on Sabres as they are our next opponent. So you want to go check them out. Practice. Practice, practice, practice. Did anybody else grow up playing sports or an instrument or, you know, an extracurricular activity and your parents or whoever, your coach would always say practice makes perfect. Just think about that today while I was working on something. But, and of course, as I'm writing this out and looking at information, I think of, you know, if I could make one thing perfect about this Flames team, I, um, I, I don't know if I have anything I mean of course you know what would be perfect their playoff run so then they'd win the Stanley Cup if you could make one thing perfect about this Flames team what would it be I'm curious if you're watching on YouTube leave it in the comments or if you are um not watching on YouTube you can uh tweet at me at Jess Belmosto about one thing you'd like to make perfect about this team Noah Hannafin was missing again today there, I haven't seen an explanation of what's going on there, but uh, Zadorov was playing with Anderson and Connor Mackey was practicing with Stone. So, you know, we're just, we're just going to keep rolling with the punches here. I don't think we have anything too big to worry about. Uh, again, three games into this thing. If, you know, Noah Hannafin doesn't play for a few games, that's okay, too. I think that the Flames have enough uh, depth at defense to where it doesn't truly impact them this early in the season. Again, we saw how it impacted them in the playoffs, so we don't need to just hit the panic button just yet. I am very interested to see how they continue to do without him. Um, I would love to see Connor Mackey get more of a chance at the NHL level. I thought that last night was a very good game. Uh, with tomorrow's night, tomorrow night's game, 
mouth word salad there um, against Buffalo. I do have to wonder how that, you know, how they'll perform. I think that obviously the Flames are a much talent, much more talented team. And I understand Buffalo has like a chip on their shoulder and they're coming out of the, the darkness after like 12 years of pathetic hockey. And I, I want to see this Flames team just destroy them. I want to see them, you know, dance in circles around this, around the Sabres. Uh, I want to see them just obliterate this team, put up some numbers like uh, the wild seven, eight goals. Why not? I would assume that this would be the game that Vladar is starting simply because it's Buffalo and then the next opponent is Carolina. So again, we'll have to see, but I, I'm not horribly concerned again Every team's making their rounds. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I, I'm not worried. And the Flames are still undefeated. So maybe I'm too confident. And obviously, you know, teams don't uh, last for, un, like, hockey teams don't go undefeated like they do in football or anything like that. But I'm very uh, okay if they lose because, you know, in order to win, you have to know how to lose. And <laughs> I just, I don't think it's that big of a deal if the Flames lose to Buffalo. And again, maybe that's just me being too confident and too okay. But thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I appreciate you. I will see you tomorrow as we preview the game against the blue and gold Buffalo Sabres. And... Until then, stay safe, be kind, and treat others with respect. Treat others how you want to be treated. Bye-bye.